Welcome to the Alliance Live podcast, spotlighting emerging issues, examples of good practice and innovation taking place within health and social care in Scotland. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Alliance Live podcast, brought to you by the Health and Social Care Alliance Scotland. My name is Carmen Papasadutu, I'm from the Digital Health and Care team here at the Alliance. And this week we are focusing on the topic of digital health interventions. With us we have Simon Bradstreet from University of Glasgow. I say with us, but as you might guess from the different sound quality, we're actually recording this podcast remotely in light of the current COVID-19 situation. So thank you for tuning in and please excuse any background noises. Simon Bradstreet is lecturing digital health interventions in the Institute of Health and Wellbeing at the University of Glasgow. His previous role in the university involved managing a complex trial of a digital health intervention for the identification of early signs of psychosis. This project was called Empower, and if you are interested in finding out more, there is a series of short films which look at how Empower worked in practice and the extent to which intervention met people's expectations. These are available on empowerstudy.net forward slash updates. However, what we will be discussing today is the new master's program in, in digital health interventions that Simon has put together with Professor Andrew Gumley. The course is due to start with its first ever cohort in September 2020. So before we start diving into aspects of the course, welcome Simon, and can you please tell us what digital health interventions are? Sure, thanks very much for the invitation today. Um, so in, health interventions really are anything that we do with and for people to support their uh, health, whether that be in terms of promoting good health or um, helping people, supporting people with health conditions. So really the things that health professionals do with people and really, quite simply, digital health interventions is just a recognition of the fact that, um, as with all aspects of our life, um, many things are becoming digitised as technology moves apace and particularly becomes more mobile. So digital health interventions are, are often the things that we did before, but uh, to some extent digitised. So, for example, um, online cognitive behavioural therapy makes it possible to deliver um, an evidence-based treatment to a wider group of people through using uh, websites or, or mobile phone applications. So the interventions, and to some extent, haven't changed. Sometimes they've changed a, a bit, but they're, they're often things we were doing anyway to promote good health, but now um, using digital tools to do that. And one of the benefits of that is it can be quite potentially quite empowering for people to have the information available about their health often in, in their hands or, or in their mobile devices, which they use maybe whether that be a wearable device or a mobile phone, for example. Um, so some of the work I've been involved in has involved helping people to monitor and uh, assess their own well-being, their own mental health over a period of time. And in our experience, uh, that very act of reflection and, and pause during the day to think about how things are going can actually be a helpful intervention in itself. So a mobile aspect can be quite a, a useful component of making uh, interventions even more helpful, actually, and ensuring that citizens, patients, anyone using one of these tools is actually more engaged in supporting their own health and self-management. Um, thank you. And obviously this is changing now very rapidly, but what do, do you see digital health interventions as being deployed quite a lot in the current landscape or do you think there's space for more? I think there's always space for more. I mean, there's no lack of enthusiasm for digital health interventions. 
Um, very often people see them as a, as a, not necessarily an easy solution, but one solution to, for example, an aging population, uh, increasing demand on health services, limited budgets, if not reducing budgets. So they are seen as pol by policy and policymakers as one of the solutions that we have um, in the, uh, times when health systems really are under an enormous amount of pressure. So there's no lack of enthusiasm. There is a risk that um, they can be seen as a bit of a panacea, that they're the solution to all the health challenges in the world. And while they certainly offer an enormous potential to make treatments and supports more widely available, they do come with challenges and they do come with potential problems. Um, one of the things that we're keen to, to emphasize in our own work is, is that um, people respond differently to digital tools. People have different levels of digital awareness and digital skills. And that means that people will be more or less likely to engage with digital interventions. And we need to be really conscious of that potential to actually increase health inequalities when we're using digital tools, because they may well, they may well be extremely helpful and liberating for people who are very used to doing that kind of thing. But for people who may feel less engaged or less able to engage, um, they, they have the potential to actually increase health inequalities. So we need to take quite a critical perspective on their um, wider use, really. Not to say that they're not important and they have not got huge potential, but we need to be wary of the potential downsides as well. So is this the sort of thinking that led you to creating this new master's programme? Yeah, I think it is. Um, we, uh, we are based in the Institute of Health and Wellbeing at the University of Glasgow that has a very long and proud tradition of developing and testing interventions, but also is very, found, very firmly based in health theory um, and tries to underpin what it does with theoretical understandings and approaches. Uh, so we're bringing that knowledge and experience from the Institute, but also from our own research in relation to digital for psychosis. Um, where we were really interested to know how people would engage. Um, one, of the, one of the challenges um, with any intervention, particularly with, with uh, things like mobile phone apps, is that people often start out being very enthusiastic uh, for, for new tools and new toys, but after a few days, the, the, our interest often wanes. I'm sure many, many listeners have downloaded apps for health reasons that they've maybe used two or three times and then they forgot they even had. So we are trying to look at things like engagement, what supports good engagement, what theoretical thinking do you need to be uh, building into your program to ensure that it's likely that your intervention is actually gonna have an effect because if people don't use it, it can be the best intervention in the world, but it won't actually have an effect at a population level. So we're trying to introduce that kind of uh, evidence-driven, theoretically-driven thinking into uh, into the course and and to support um, future practitioners and people with uh, digital backgrounds to really underpin what they do with the theory so they can follow programs from beginning through to evaluation phase and implementation knowing that it's founded on a good theoretical approach and good evidence-based approaches um, and what are some of the unique elements that you would say that um, makes this program different from other bachelor master's programs that other universities are offering at the moment? So I think we are coming very firmly from a health perspective. Um, we, we are conscious of a number of similar programs elsewhere and these are really important and, and to be honest much needed because there is a big skills gap uh, around digital interventions, digital health interventions. 
What we bring though is the, the health background, the health theory and the health knowledge and also the research background. So we're very interested in behaviour change theory and thinking about how behaviour change theory informs uh, the development of interventions, how people engage with interventions, how evaluation can be built in from the outset, but also crucially how people who you anticipate being end users of an intervention are involved as well from the outset, because if we don't genuinely involve people from the outset, then engagement's less likely. So we think it's quite a person-driven course. We, we're not trying to be a, a, technical, uh, a technically oriented course. It's not coming from a computing science perspective. It's coming from a, a health and people perspective. So we think that's kind of a unique offer. We're also quite um, pleased and we've got a lot of good feedback on the idea that, that we, well, we will be making internships available for students who fulfill the master's program. And this, these will be really practically oriented projects in a variety of different settings where people can gain some, some real work skills. So for example, we would envisage um, potentially some people might work in policy oriented organizations, some people might work in research oriented organizations, or some people might work in technically uh, software design or organizations where they want to bring that theoretical knowledge into within their team. So the internship combined with the health theory perspective, we hope makes this uh, a bit of a unique offer uh, in the digital health field. And you mentioned evaluation there a couple of times. So how do you envisage the course being evaluated? Well, all courses in the university and, and indeed all universities are evaluated regularly. So we will always be seeking student feedback um, we will also uh, have external validation involved in the programme. Uh, an external examiner, for example, will assess uh, the work that we're doing and uh, review whether they believe it's in line with realising the learning outcomes that we've set out in our programmes. And there's an extensive programme of internal uh, review and validation in the university as well. But first and foremost, uh, we are really interested in, in how students experience the course and in, in student feedback. And, doing everything we can to make it a very positive student experience. And what about the, um, the students' work? How will that be evaluated? Okay, so we will, well, we're using a variety of different methods. We, um, we are looking, for example, at developing uh, so presentations. We're trying to make sure that the assessment is going to be useful in terms of people developing practical work skills. So we have, for example, presentations of research proposals. We have, uh, we have a journal club where people will be talking about papers which they've reviewed in relation to digital health. Um, we also will be um, inviting students to review work um, between them and also we'll be providing feedback on draft pieces of work as they go along to that kind of formative feedback towards the, the, the final assessment uh, score will be helpful to get, get help people gauge their progress and see how they're developing. So we're trying to use assessment methods which are real world, so we're not doing any examinations for example. Um, but we will be using uh, essays and other assignments um, which allow people to test quite practical skills, but will still be assessed towards their, their final mark. And if the, for the students completing the master's programme, which is one option, um, there obviously is a large research or uh, internship report to be prepared, which is a significant piece of work um, produced in the, the summer of the first year. 
So a variety of different ways of assessment, but trying to keep it as practical and applied as possible. Um, so then what kind of applicants would you invite to consider this master's? Because it sounds like it's quite practical, quite embedded in real real life practice. So is this suitable for professionals already working in health and social care or are you looking for um, current students or who is this open for? We're, we're very broad actually. We're more than open to all of the people you've mentioned there, including current students. Um, we are also keen to welcome people from the health sector. We are aware from work at DHI and elsewhere that very often people are being asked to use interventions digitally and haven't necessarily been given any training or support to do that. Also that um, professional training programs aren't necessarily integrating um, learning around digital interventions yet. Um, so we, we, will be, we will be very open to applicants, for example, from occupational health, from psychology backgrounds, maybe general practitioners. Um, but on the other hand as well, we're also keen to welcome people who have maybe a computing science background who are trying to increase their uh, understanding of health theory and to bring that in to, to supplement their technical skills with the health theoretical skills and knowledge, potentially research skills as well. So we're kind of coming from both angles um, and also certainly, as you've mentioned, very welcoming of uh, undergraduate students who are just moving potentially from a health or social science field looking for a master's programme of interest. You may have a particular personal interest around digital interventions. That sounds fascinating and I think it also sounds like it's bridging a gap that's very evident in current practice that so much is being focused on digital technologies and then other courses are focusing on the human element but this seems to be bridging the two, is that? Well, that's really good to hear. I mean, that's certainly what we're trying to do, and it's really good to have your feedback on that. We also really want this to be grounded in the policy reality, um, not only Scotland's policy reality, but the international policy reality. So we try and we do introduce students to the context, um, how interventions are developed, why they're developed. But we're also concerned with uh, things like understanding regulatory frameworks, uh, increasingly digital interventions, for example, will be, will be described as medical devices. So we introduce students to those concepts and to some extent to design concepts. Um, but we're trying to make, we're trying to, yeah, I think we're hopefully, we're trying to straddle the, some technical aspects like, for example, medical device registration with uh, the more person-oriented approaches which you described. So if you were to give us a um, sort of whistle-stop tour of the modules included in this course, what would they be? Sure, well the number of modules varies depending on whether you're doing a postgraduate certificate or um, a, a diploma or following through the whole master's course, but there are three uh, new uh, 20 credit uh, modules, three courses I should say. So the first one's an introductory course, which is very much about uh, the theoretical, the health drivers, the anal analytic drivers. So looking as well at different types of digital health interventions that exist, whether they be to do with virtual reality or mobile health, considering the costs and benefits that they bring. So bringing in that kind of critical thinking that this is not these are these tools aren't necessarily a panacea, but they come with risks as well as opportunities. And some of the controversies around digital interventions, so for example, safety and security and, and intervention development and, and implementation. 
Um, a second core module is in relation to the, the development of interventions. So that really does look at things like how do you involve, who, who are the stakeholders, who needs to be involved in this to make sure it's likely to work in the future, because if you don't have them on board at the beginning, you're, you're going to struggle when it comes to implementation. Looking at uh, the role of user experience, participatory design methodologies and co-production, but also, as I mentioned earlier, looking at regulatory frameworks, the types of standards that need to be applied in the development of interventions, some of the ethical privacy and security challenges that come up as well. There's a third core module specific to the evaluation of digital health. Um, the students would also undertake a general methods course, which is being delivered elsewhere in, in the university. So they'll get a general methods course, but they'll also undertake a specific tailored course around the evaluation of digital interventions. So that will look at things like the complex interventions framework and um, what considerations there are in terms of research when it comes to digital tools, because, for example, the technology is fast moving. Um, there are methodologies which are used which allow you to specifically focus on certain parts of digital interventions. So beyond a standard methods course, we're going to be looking at uh, the very particular considerations that come up with digital health interventions, of which there are, there are uh, many. And the master's students, as I mentioned earlier, will also do a large research project or a internship project. Um, and both of those will be written up by the, the students as for 60 credits. So they're the, they're the core elements in the course. That sounds, sounds great. Um, and is there anything else that you would like to say about the course that we haven't covered so far? Um, no, I think we've I really appreciate the opportunity to speak today. Uh, we are really open to, to any inquiries. If anyone's interested at all, wants to know more about the course, there is some information on the University of Glasgow website. So if you look up digital health interventions, you will, uh, you will come across it quite quickly there. Um, so yeah, just please get in touch and let us know if you're interested or if you have any questions whatsoever, we'd be very happy to, to, to respond to them. And when do applications open or are they open already? Applications are open now. Um, it's possible to express interest through the university website right now uh, and it should be running in September this year. That's fantastic. Um, thank you very much, Simon. Thank you for your time. It's a pleasure. You can find the Alliance Live podcast on all major podcast streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts and more. Alliance Live also produces webinars, video interviews and case studies. Watch these by visiting www.alliance-scotland.org.uk forward slash live. That's www.alliance-scotland.org.uk forward slash live. To follow along regularly with Alliance Live content, use the hashtag Alliance Live on Twitter.